Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. Today I'm going to come to you and I'm going to talk a little bit. It's just going to be me. <clears throat> we're on this. We're on the um, topic of symbols and symbols for our modern heathen religion. Uh, my wife and I talked briefly yesterday about symbols. Uh, we've touched on a couple of them. Didn't go too deep into them, but. Um, today, I just want to talk to you about my symbols and symbols that represent me in modern heathenry. Um, they're personal. They're mine. Everybody else has them. Don't get me wrong. But to me, they make a connection to the old ways that not everybody has. They're, they're my personal connections to what I believe is my past. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about some other stuff and just modern heathenry in general. Um, and we'll start our talk today with the prayer. Gods and goddesses, Aesir and Vanir, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and to be my side. I ask you to help me to face the decree of the Norns with courage, honor, and frith. And I ask you to help me to do the best that I can for my faith, my ancestors, my family, and my kindred, this day and every day and always. Grant me the wisdom, honor, strength, and frith to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. I can read out of the have all today. I'm going to read. I'm just going to pick something here. Um, it says... Oh, I'm going to go back over here. Here we go. 145. These songs I know, which nor son of men nor queen in a king's court knows. The first is help, which will bring thee help in all woes and in sorrows and in strife. The second I know, which the son of men must sing, who would heal the sick. A third I know, if sore need should come of a spell to stay my foes, when I sing that song, which shall blunt their swords, nor their weapons, nor staves can wound. A fourth I know, if men make first and change the joints of my limbs, then I sing that song, which shall set me free. Sing the fetter from hands and feet. A fifth I know, when I see by foe shot, speeding a shaft through the host, flies it never so strongly, I still can stay it if I get but a glimpse of its flight. A sixth I know, when some thane would harm me in runes on a moist tree's root, in his head alone shall light the ills of the curse that he called upon mine. A seventh I know, if I see a hill high or the bench mates blazing, flame it never so fiercely, I still can save it. I know how to sing that song. An eighth I know, which all can sing, for their wheel of thy learn it well, where hate shall wax mid the warrior sons. I can calm it soon with that song. A ninth I know, when need befall me, 
to save my vassal afloat. I hush the wind on the stormy wave and soothe all the sea to rest. That word was vassal. I apologize. I misread it. Attempt, I know. When at night the witches ride in sport in the air, such spells I weave that they wander home out of skins and its wiles bewildered. An eleventh I know. If happy I lead my old comrades out of war, I sing neath the shields and they fare forth mightily safe into battle, safe out of battle and safe return from strife. A twelfth I know. If I see in a tree a corpse from the halter hanging, such spells I write and paint in runes that the being descends and speaks. A thirteenth I know. If the newborn son of a warrior I sprinkle with water, that youth will not fail when he fares to war. Never slain shall he bow before sword. A fourteenth I know. If I need, must number the powers to the people of men. I know all the nature of gods and elves, which none can know untaught. A fifteenth I know, which folkster sang the dwarf at the gates of dawn. He sang strength to the gods and skill to the elves and wisdom to Odin who utters. A sixteenth I know, when all sweetness and love I would win from some artful trench or wench, pardon me, her heart I turn and the whole mind change of that fair-armed lady I love. A seventeenth I know, so that even the sky maiden is slow to shun my love. What are we talking about here? And these are all in the have them all that ends with number 161. We're talking about songs. And Odin talks about specific songs, you know, that can do all these things. We talk a lot about the runes and their power and the power that they have to tell us things and to let us know what the Norns see. But in all honesty, it's about the power of words. The power of words to do is really immense. Shakespeare said it when he said the pen is mightier than the sword because the pen can write words. Those words can do many, 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 many different things that we could never do in action. Words can hurt, words can harm, words can cut, words can destroy people's lives without even being there. Words are so powerful. I saw something one time that said, you know, we talk about witchcraft a lot and how we don't want it in the society. But in school, when we put words together and we put letters together to create words, we call that spelling because we're creating spells. That's the power of those words. And when we say something derogatory to someone else, we call it cursing because we're wishing hurtful things upon them and we're cursing them. Those are two main things in our society that we do and we don't even realize it. Spelling specifically, whenever we touch pen to paper, which is what the Native Americans used to call it when they signed all these fake things that they made with the U.S. government, all these treaties and everything, they would call it putting pen to paper. But when we put pen to paper, 
we put a piece of ourselves on that paper and we continue that spell along. So those are readings from the Have Mall today. This is our prayer. Um, today's a wonderful day. It's my 21st podcast. I'm excited about it. That marks three weeks that I've actually been making podcasts. I've been really enjoying it. I hope you all have too. I'm seeing my numbers rise quite a bit. Be my guest and share this with other people. I'm now on a few different um, platforms, including um, I um, the stuff on like iPads. You can get me iPods and stuff. Uh, Google Cast and some other places I'm available. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me. I'm at modernheathenman at gmail.com or themodernheathenman at gmail.com. Either way, you can go ahead and get me there. And uh, modernheathenman at gmail.com. Forget the, the I apologize. Um, you can get me there or on Facebook if you look up uh, Modern Heathen Man on Facebook. I have a page there where you can write some stuff and ask me questions if you like. I'm more than happy to answer it, but share it with your friends. Let's get some more listeners on here. When I come back, I'm going to talk about my symbols and uh, what they mean to me, and uh, I'll see you then. Grab yourself a horn. Grab yourself a cup. Get some mead. Get some coffee. Just then relax in your favorite easy chair, and let's talk about some stuff for a minute. I'll see you when I come back. Hey guys, Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. Makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and... Um, gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small DD poles of 5 to 6 inches for $40. 7 to 8 inches for $45. 9 to 10 for $50. And 11 to 12 for $60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Njord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I'm back. Thanks for coming back. So the first piece I want to talk about is my hammer. We all have, hopefully, if we're all heathen and we're practicing sonotry, most of us, I should say, have swords hammers that we wear around our neck, on a bracelet, on a tattoo, on our altars, any number of things. But 
let's talk about my hammers first. Okay. And the reason I say hammers is because at any given time, I'm wearing at least two Thor's hammers. I have the first Thor's hammer that I ever received was for my wife as a gift. My wife and I were traveling through the country, going to Utah. And on our way there, we saw a sign for a windmill in Iowa. Now, we thought at first, that's kind of weird. So we went off and saw it, you know. And on our way there, we were just like, this is kind of weird that there'd be a windmill in the middle of Iowa. But we got there, and sure enough, there was a windmill there. And they had brought it over from Scandinavia somewhere, brick by brick, and rebuilt it there in Iowa. But the neat part about it was it had all these little trinkets and gnomes and everything I was offering from over there in, like, Holland and stuff and Norway and things of that nature. But in the back, they had a small section for people that practice the Santru. And in there I saw the first Thor's hammer that I would ever receive, and it was for my wife. I got that about, ooh, I want to say 12 years ago. No, not quite. Let's say 10 years ago. Okay. I've never taken it off for that 10 years. I've worn it so much so that the back of it is actually worn away smooth. You can barely see um, the actual face or anything in it. I I wore this all the time because I was just getting into a Satra and I really liked the religion and it was a good representation of that religion to me. It seemed like the thing that everybody had and the thing that everybody was doing so I got it, and it was special to me because my wife bought it for me. So I continued to wear it all the time, and I still wear it to this day. It's still around my neck. As we're talking right now, it's there. Um, I've had to change the band on it at least three times now because the leather bands keep wearing away and breaking because I wore them so long. And as of now, I have wanted a, uh, like a fake sinew band that's braided, and that seems to be the best so far for it. It's lasted a little over um, a year and a half so far, that fake sinew band. So I kind of like that quite a bit. The second hammer I have was also bought for me by my wife. Now, this one's a little different. This one is made of stainless steel. And um, I think she got it from Wish, to be honest with you. But along with that, she bought me the rune beads. That are the um, they look like little barrels with each of the runes on them. Um, so I was able to put them on. And in between each of those, I have a wooden bead. So you have like the hammer, two wooden beads, and then the first two um, barrel beads separated by a wooden bead. Next barrel bead, wooden bead, barrel bead, wooden bead, wooden. So all the way around my neck. Um, and it looks really nice together. It looks really cool. Um, they're all at different stages of wear, so it looks really nice. Um, the next hammer I got, I actually ended up giving to a friend, um, so I don't have them anymore. I used to have five hammers, but I only have four now. Um, um, the very next hammer I got after that was also given to me by a friend who had them made for me. And the last hammer I received is made of um, a big chunk of steel with my actual name card that a friend made for me. But why do we wear these? I, I was listening to Jackson Crawford yesterday in his new um, 
thing that he put out on YouTube, and he was talking about the principal God, and he gets a lot of questions about why Tyr's not the principal God um, instead of Odin and all this other stuff. And he said something that was quite ironic, and I found it to be very truthful. He said if he had to pick out the principal God based on what was found in graves and found uh, in effigy, he would have to consider Thor to be the principal God because of the number of Thor's hammers found everywhere. And I'll agree with that because even on my altar, I originally started with a wooden hammer that I had uh, built. But I moved up to, again, a steel hammer that was made for me for my altar, to be honest with you. So I have substantial hammers. And if you know I were to die and my family would bury me with the things I have, who would you believe that I worship would be the question with the amount of hammers that I have, not to mention that the, the tattoo I just received in my chest is also a Thor's hammer. So we have to ask ourselves, you know, who really is the principal God? And am I really worshiping Thor or am I worshiping all the gods? The truth of the matter is in modern heathenry, the hammer is less a mention or a remembrance of Thor himself and more of the actual religion based on that piece. I know that sounds really weird because if we look at it the way that Christians would look at it, you know, the cross represents this type of thing. If we see a cross, we think instantly church. Okay? But if a Roman would have seen a cross, what would that Roman have thought of that cross? It meant something totally different. It's kind of like us seeing an electric chair as opposed to an electric chair on top of a uh, church. Two different aspects of it. If we go back in time, the heathens would see us wearing our Thor's hammer. They may believe that we were, were worshiping Thor, you know, where in modern days it comes out that we're not worshiping Thor himself, but part of a religion called paganism, neo-paganism, Germanic paganism, Asatru, heathenry, whatever you want to call it. Um, Norse pagan, that's the other one. So I was trying to think for a second there. Odinism, whatever whatever you, you give the name to yours, okay? The idea is that we follow the old pantheon of Norse deities and we venerate those gods. Now, with that said, usually along with the hammer goes one other piece that I didn't even touch on the other day, which is runes. We have 24 different runes to choose from. And each of those runes go together to create words, phrases, and everything else, kind of like spelling. But we also have something called rune staves that we do. Symbols of protection where we put runes together to protect us, to represent us, to bind things, to help out with businesses, to help us bring money in our house, to do any number of things. And I forgot to mention runes as a symbol of us. They are found in the real world, but for the most part, we're the only people anymore that use runes. I find it kind of ironic that a few years ago that Russia again changed its language and got rid of um, most of the runic symbols that were in its language. Because, as you know, Russia used to be a Viking settlement named Rus, or a Norse settlement named Rus. So, and their Cyrillic alphabet, they still had runes. And they change it to get rid of them. Now, I know they, they do still use runes in some languages and some stuff like that. But for the most part, in America and in Russia, we've gotten rid of those. We've gotten away from those. So um, I just find it ironic. But in heathenry and Asatru and whatever you want to call it, we still use those quite a bit. As a matter of fact, one of my 
hammer that I'm looking at right now, I have the yield symbol. I have a tier symbol. I have my name carved in runes, so it's Jera, Othel, and Awaz for Joe. And in my old rune, I just have the, the Celtic, um, not Celtic, uh, the Triketra. So, or in the hammer on my chest, I have the Triketra. So, with that said, we, we have to look at the symbolism and determine what it means to us and how we wear it. I've been putting off getting a tattoo of a hammer or anything else because I want to study that symbol and understand that symbol prior to actually putting it onto me. As much as I'd like to have a hammer like everybody else on me, I didn't want one that did not represent me or what I believed in prior to putting it onto my body. Same thing with the ones that I wear. They have to mean something to me. Like the one that a friend of mine made for me, the two that my wife got me, another friend had one made for me. I have yet to buy my own hammer. I know this sounds really strange, but um, even the one on my altar, I purposely made just so that I could make it by hand so it would have that energy in it. And then the other one that I have on there now, the new one, was made by someone else. So that energy and that love and that thought that was put into it for me goes into that hammer that's on my altar. Those things all mean something to me. So with that said, those that this is the first symbol I want to hit on, which is the hammer and the runes and how they go together. A lot of runes are within hammers that we wear. A lot of tattoos that we have or have the hammer with runes in them, around them, or somewhat part of them. Um, the other the other symbol is a wolf head, a ram's head. Um, you know, they all mean something. A goat's head or two crows. Everything means something, but. We have to delve into what those meanings are for us, not just for the piece we're wearing. So when I come back, we'll talk a little bit more on that. Um, I'm going to grab a break here and grab me something to drink, and I'll be right back with you guys. Thank you. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satra Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satra Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith they gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi, and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own 
social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm sorry about the delay there. I definitely need to get something to drink. So, you know, the Thor's hammer represents protection, but it represents Thor. Um, now we know Thor is the god of thunder, lightning, storms, oak trees, and strength. He's also he's also the protector of mankind and has healing and fertility skills. I'm um, reading some of the sagas that'll depict the red-haired and bearded god, very long with a fierce temper. You'll also find that Thor is the son of Odin, the king of the gods, and married to Seth. All basic stuff that we know. So the question is, what is the Mjolnir originally? What, what does Mjolnir even mean when we say Mjolnir? So it's spelled M-J-O with the two pieces of it, L-N-I-R. What that actually means is to smash, or that which smash, or that who smashes. And the reason it's that who, based on the way it's presented, is because it has a life of its own. And we know that it was created by the, um, the dwarf, that it was a mistake with it. It was supposed to have a longer handle because Loki did something, the handle was shortened, but it allowed um, Thor to be able to throw it and use it one-handed, which was actually better than originally intended. And... So it has a life of its own. It says that it's able to be thrown by Thor and come back to his hand quite a bit. Um, so it'll never miss its target either. If he aims at something, it won't miss it. No matter what it is, it'll go through mounts, it'll go through anything in order to reach its target. Now, that's a pretty powerful thing if you think about it. So when we get to talking about it as a pendant, you know, we're, we're talking about this power transferring within this pendant, and it's supposed to act like the pendant's supposed to be that piece. Um, the earliest ones were found between 900 and 1100 BC um, with the with the Germanic people now, or no, pardon me, AD. I apologize for that. Um, but what did it represent to them? Let me read this to you here. It says, for modern-day pagans, the meaning and purpose of wearing a Thor's hammer is pretty much the same. It provides protection, strength, and power to the bearer. If you find yourself in a situation where you need some extra strength and power plus protection from Thor, then a Thor's hammer is the optimal pendant choice. It is especially good to wear in life-changing situations like when you start a new job, negotiating a raise. Imagine Thor negotiating a raise. I'm pretty sure he would get the, what he wanted be honest with you, he would, are dealing with difficult people. Um, not to mention it's fashionable right now within the um, pay community. So we look at that and we see different ways that we wear this and different reasons that we wear it. Um, but you really need to find a personal reason that you wear it. I don't personally wear it to represent Thor, but I do represent the protection of Thor. I want Thor to protect me against all evils that attack me from all sides. I do wear his hammer um, as a form of veneration to him, 
um, specifically, and I wear the runes around it as a form of veneration to hope to understand I know both of them. One gives me wisdom, one gives me strength, one gives me protection. Um, and there's other things that I would wear, like the symbol of here in my other hammer, so that I can represent um, good thought processes and being equal and um, getting justice for myself and so on and so forth. So we have to really understand, again, it, go, it goes back to the whole idea of heathenry being a religion of learning. We have to not just learn from books. We have to learn from ourselves. We have to learn from within. We have to learn from the gods. We have to learn from our ancestors what these things mean to help us along. Um, I've given each of my boys hammers. I've given my wife a hammer. And in those, I'm really particular about how I choose them. So when I give them to, like, my sons, what we do is we go over the hammer. We let them look at it. We let them observe it. We talk about some of the things that they might see in the hammer, um, like picture-wise, or they might see runes, and we'll pick a few runes out of there and talk about those runes and what they mean and, you know, what they mean to them before they even put it around their neck. I mean, the first thing most people do is put their the necklace on. That's not how we do it. We want to see it. We want to represent it. We want them to hold it in their hands and see if it says anything to them. Not like audibly, but you know what I mean. If they feel anything from it, um, we encourage them to basically meditate on that hammer for a while and just look into it and see what they see and get out of it, what they get out of it. And then um, when they've satisfactorily done that with themselves and they've learn to look at it and see it in the way that they see it, then we tell them to go ahead and begin to wear it. And it means so much more to them that, that way because now it's just not a symbol that not only I bought them or their mom bought them, but it means something else because they're able to look into it and see other things that represent new and exciting things for them or stories that they may have learned about or some other things like that. So modern heathenry today is not like old heathenry in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it is kind of the same, but kind of not, in the sense that in the more modern age, we do things a little differently. And like everything, it changes a little bit here and there. But if we take those symbols and we begin to use them with a more modern approach rather than just, oh, just wear it because you're supposed to wear it or just wear it because our ancestors wore it, Sometimes that's not just good enough. You know, my ancestors also were the same people who made mistakes and didn't rotate crops. And they didn't understand why things didn't grow in the fields. They just planted this in for the last 20 years. But, you know, the corn grew good there last year. Why wouldn't it grow there again this year? Because they didn't understand crop rotation. They didn't totally understand nutrient levels in the soil and so on and so forth. So just because it's an old way doesn't mean it's a right way. There are better ways sometimes. And just like the Norse that would go from culture to culture, taking over lands and taking the best from those lands and using it for themselves and getting rid of the worst and so on and so forth. We do the same thing. We take the best of heathenry that we know of, add it to what we know today in our education today and make it a better thing. So with that said, we take those symbols and we do the same thing. So making my children look at that hammer um, decide what goes with that hammer and anything else that they want in their necklace. They can put anything else. I mean, we can make beads or get beads or something. But then they say, oh, well, you know, it has this um, rune on it, but it also needs this rune because this will make it more powerful. So to them, that's the truth. And we'll go ahead and get those beads and do that for them and uh, go from there. I mean, modern heathenry is not that hard, but it is hard.
um, especially growing children up in heathenry, as we talked about. And the next symbol is the runes. You know, we, we teach them to respect the runes. It's not just um, it's not just blocks of wood with carvings on them. That's not what it is. It's specific power. And if you don't treat that properly, you'll lose it or you'll use it improperly. And we don't want to do that either. So we teach them about the runes, like I've talked about many times before. We teach them about the meaning of the runes and how important they are. And when they see these more out and about, they may see like um, staves here or there or designs and trees and stuff. And they'll pick runes out of that. And I think it's really cool. I think it's really neat to see when they do that. I also think it's nice when my whole family's out there, we're all wearing our hammers and everybody can see them. And they can see that we're all together and unified in that. So it's really hard to explain, but you know what what these meanings, what these things mean to you is as important as what they mean to the world. Um, so we have to look at not only what we see, we have to look at what the world sees, we have to look at what those around us see. And the last part about that is representing those things. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little about how we represent those symbols in public and how we shape those symbols in public, what we do and how others shape those symbols in public. And we'll go from that point, and um, I think that'll be it for the talk today. And then um, I'll let you guys go. But, yeah, so we'll do that, and I'll be right back, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7pm um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores. Redbubble, say that three times. All of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items help support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-M-U-S-I-N-G-S will find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey guys, I'm back. Thanks for coming back. So we talked a lot about what these symbol or this symbol actually means, the hammer. We talked a little about what the um, runes actually mean. The next piece of that puzzle is how do we represent those symbols? 
So we know what they mean and what they do, but what do we, we mean when we wear them? So let's talk about how you and I represent these symbols around the public. So usually the first thing people see is the Thor's hammer, and they instantly think, oh, that's the Thor's hammer. That's from Marvel's comics. This is the beginning of your opportunity to say, oh, you know about Thor. Right. Oh, that's that's great. You know, Marvel Comics got some of it right. They got some of it wrong. And I actually worship Thor or actually venerate Thor through a religion called heathenry or Satru. And I love how Marvel Comics depicts Thor. But there are some things that are that are incorrect. And um, but I like how they depict it. If you're more interested in it, we can talk about it sometime. You know, that's your opportunity to be nice about it and, you know, bring our religion to the forehand to the forefront, you know, our path to the forefront. The other thing is, if we're out there acting like a fool, yelling, screaming, hooting and hollering at people, the first thing you're going to see is your Thor's hammer. Because I'll tell you what, the first thing I see when people act out at me or act mean to me is that cross they're wearing. Oh, nice cross, by the way. <laughs> so, to be honest with you, that's what they're going to see. I'll be honest with you. Um, the other thing is, you know, if we're drunk and we're acting, you know, whatever, they're going to see that hammer no matter what. So I'm not saying you have to be perfect people. Not, by no means am I saying that. Just be mindful that you're wearing the hammer. Or if, you know, you have to do what you have to do sometimes, take the hammer off. You know, if it's a tattoo or something, that's different. But, you know, take the hammer off and, you know, go do what you have to do. Now, it's different if someone's harming you. And you're acting that way immediately, don't get wrong, do what you gotta do. But you know, if if it's just you know, you fighting with your uncle Billy over who gets the last beer and it's getting a little belligerent, remember you're wearing the hammer, that's all, because nobody will see that right away. The thing is, how do we represent the runes? I mean, you have to start showing that we respect the runes, not just um, making willy-nilly, you know, this, that, or the other thing out of runes and throwing it to the side. One of the things I do is I have hand-carved um, gods in my yard that I actually carved by hand. I mean, big blocks of wood. I have uh, ruined things that I've carved by hand. I have big blocks of wood. So I take those and I honor those by giving them a position in my yard. Now, I will let them become weathered and I'll let them become whatever because that's what they're supposed to do. Um, they're supposed to be outside and for everybody to see. So with that said, I mean, I understand then some of those things are meant to be offerings. And I work really hard on them for them to be out there for the gods. They're going to see and know that I venerate the gods. And if they choose the weather, if they choose the weather, and if they choose to make it look beautiful, they choose to do that as well. So, but I have those outside. I have um, Odin, I have Thor, I have um, Balder, I have Freya, I have Frigg. And I think that's about it. That's all I have right now. I'm going to be making more this year. Um, putting them in the garden, doing some other stuff for them. I want to do a triad in the center of a couple. I want to do Hemdall. I want to do um, uh, Iduna. And there's one other one I want to do. I don't remember who it was now. I don't remember. But anyway, I want to do three more in the center of the yard and have them together um, just for, for nice, just because my yard is my yard and I have altars and everything back there. And we meet there quite a bit for... Um, the kindred. So, but we need to, to understand who we represent and how we represent them. And as much as we want them to give us blessings, we have to make sure that we're doing the right things to receive those blessings. 
to get those blessings. And if we're not venerating or representing them properly, why would they want to do anything for us? I mean, that's just a common question. If we don't represent them well, why would they want to help us? So we need to remember that as well. We need to represent them as well as they, as we want them to give us something. So with that said, guys, I'm going to end this one. It's kind of weird talking on my own again. I don't know. I, I really look forward to my wife. Uh, we'll make another one with her. Um, again, this is my 21st episode. If you know people who would like this, go ahead and share it with them. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me in two different places. Modern Heathen Man on Facebook. Uh, there's a page for it. And modernheathenman at gmail.com. Um, all one word, of course. So go ahead and send me your information or whatever, questions, comments, concerns. I look forward to answering for you. If you want to hear anything special, let me know as well. Um, I'll be more than happy to go ahead and put it on there. If you have any feedback on here, um, Anchor app is the way to go. Um, but I am available on a bunch of other platforms, as I said. So um, I know one of them is Stitcher. And let me just look for some of them. Hold on one second here. I'll go ahead and see all the different platforms that I'm available on. So you can look for me at different places. And if people say, oh, I don't want to download Anchor, I get it. I understand that. Um, they can also look on Podcast Addict. They can knock on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Breaker, Apple Podcasts. And I even have an RSS feed um, if they'd like to get that as well. So um, just go ahead and you know share with me if you want. I also have sponsorships available to keep the, the thing going. I'd like to get a better mic. I'd like to get um, some stuff for the walls to cut down on the echo. Um, and I'm looking at buying a shed for my uh, little studio. So with that said, um, I actually have a shed out back. So I'm just looking at remodeling it a bit um, just to save a lot of money. So whatever. But hopefully I'll be coming to you from there soon. Uh, my podcast right now has 465 plays. Um, looks like I have 22 um, for my audience size. I'd like to grow that a bit and see what else I can do. So with this 21st episode, I'm really looking forward to the 30th one, to be honest with you. Um, I'm really excited, and I'm really happy that I was able to do it. And I want to thank you guys for listening to me and hearing me. And I don't know if what I'm saying is what you want to hear or not, but um, I'm trying my hardest to bring modern heathenry to the world. So let me know what you think. Either way. I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, happy 21st to you all, too. So have a great day, guys. Uh, make sure you check out the heathen businesses that are in here. Heathens helping heathens um, is a real thing. So let's, uh, let's start working it, guys. I thank you, and I will talk to you all later. Bye-bye.